But the interesting thing about Napster was, you know, the they built this really cool community and everyone had to upload their music to a server. So they controlled the servers. And because the music business doesn't understand it and because it wasn't their thing, they killed it. So the people who had designed that software were like, okay, then let's just make every computer a server. And then like Nutella and LimeWire came out and it was like, you know, it almost, it almost destroyed the industry, you know? They were able to ring, take that technology and ring it back into like, well, let's just stream it to you now. We'll, we'll stream it to you back from our servers. But then the artists paid the price on that. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the second part of my conversation with Randy Sawson. So what kinds of things could someone do as an artist that wouldn't be selling? Oh, just, you know, um, having, um, co like, I'm writing a song, give me ideas for uh, I, this. Or again, like, I'm having a sandwich on Tuesday, come join me. I'm going to, you can watch me eat lunch with my blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, like, again, oh, yeah. okay. things that are just engaging with your fan base and people sure. who love you, that you don't have to necessarily meet them. You could turn on your camera on your thing and be like, okay, here we are. We're, you know, we're watching yeah. the game together. I'm going to yeah. watch, I'm a huge fan of whatever, Michigan State. I'm going to watch them play in the final four. <laughs> You know, you can do those kind of things and it's like, but you have mm -hmm. to be a member and you have to have a token or you have to have a badge or a clip or whatever it is to get into this, you know, to you earn your way in or you can buy your way in. And again, mm -hmm. like there's tiers. So I do think you should be able to buy your way in, but I also think you should be able to earn your way in, you know, if you're a real super fan or fanatic of the yeah. of an artist, you know, and support, it. support, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, support is the big thing, right? Like, those are the people that give word of mouth, and that's where you're exactly. going to get a lot. But as of an artist, money. if you do something and sell it, like if somebody buys something, it goes directly to your wallet. It's a 15-second transaction thing, and you're, mm -hmm. if you're selling it for $100 or $2 or whatever, you don't have to wait. You don't have to get 3 million streams on Spotify and wait for six months to get yes. a $17 check, you know, when yeah. they owe you $5,000, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy what's going on. And and I agree with you that this whole demonetization of music has been insane. And I've seen it since Napster. So <laughs> I think we're we're both uh, of an I mean, age that we've seen it The interesting thing about Napster was, you know, the they built this really cool community. Mm -hmm. And everyone had to upload their music to a server. Yeah. So they controlled the servers. And because the music business doesn't understand it and because it wasn't their thing, they killed it. So the yeah. people who had designed that software were like, okay, then let's just make every computer a server. And then oh, like yes. Nutella and LimeWire came out and it was like, you know, it almost, it almost destroyed the industry, you know? Yeah. They were able yeah. to ring, take that technology and ring it back into like, well, let's just stream it to you now. We'll, we'll stream it to you back from our servers. Yeah. But then the artists paid the price on that. Totally. Totally. And now what you're suggesting then is them taking back a server and having it that they own it. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's it. And yeah. you can still use the, I'm not suggesting don't use the old system, 
you need to be outside the system on some levels and sure, not try yeah. to work within it. You know, like yeah. you can work within it to like put your music on the digital streaming platforms, do your yeah. things, play a show, do it, like do all those things. But you want to create your own world that goes directly to your fan and the fan connects directly yeah. to you digitally. And so that becomes a real value to you. And then, you know, again, we're still a little bit away from everyone getting their wallet, making it simple. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But you can, you know, for the most part, you can tokenize things and use the blockchain and pay for it with a credit card. Yeah, yeah. So, so is this technically a, a brand then? Like a, an artist or a, a band has a brand and that brand they are the is brand. what people, yep. yeah, yeah. So, okay. And yeah. building a community. That's it. Like, it's all yeah. about the community. That's yeah. what it becomes, you know? And then you can start kind of cross collateralize, right? If you're an artist and like, whatever, I, I don't know, you know, you're Jack Harlow and you want to do a thing with logic, you can say like, well, well my fans will do this. Or you want to go, if you're Jack Harlow and you want to do a thing with Adidas or New Balance or something, you can say like, hey, I got... 2 million fans. Like, what if we did a thing where you want to sell a thing? I'll, I'll, they can get a 20% discount, but I get, you know, so you can start to work with your community and use them as like value and give value influencer. to your community. You know, it's like being an influencer on YouTube. <laughs> well, it, it is exactly, but it's a little more controlled and you yeah. don't have, like, you don't have to force anything. Like if you want to, you can, and you see who does it. You see who's interested in that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I see. So does this all tie into your mission? Because we didn't actually really get to speak about that. I know, <laughs> and I want to make sure you get a chance to talk about no, that. It's okay. so I don't, I mean, my mission is like, I'm trying to, it's so big and like, it just, I, you know, like I'm pushing this rock up the hill and I understand <laughs> and people, I always say like, I'm living five years in the future and it's a little frustrating, but I, I get it. I'm not giving up on my vision. So for me, what I've been trying to work on just to simplify it is, um, the one element of the music world that I've been a part of for many decades is the music video. And I love the music video and I think it's great, but I think it's really stayed and stale at this point. People make them all the time. And I guess it makes an artist feel cool to have a moving image to their song, but they're basically what well, you put it on again, like you're putting it on one channel. Yes. People can watch it whenever they want, but they're not really doing anything with it. So I'm trying to create, a platform where artists can make a music video and then that video becomes like an asset and it can get cut up almost like a puzzle. It gets cut up into different pieces and it can be created and recreated and those clips can be put together with other videos. And so you can make new videos and what those assets are, you know, become, we're still working on the exact thing, but I think it's more of a, it, it's a real, it becomes a part of your, you know, your, your whole entourage of, of instruments of things that you have as an artist and the video is not just one thing. It may be at the top is that one video, but then all the things that come out of it are value, have value and, you know, th the ability to start serializing and communicating with other videos and connecting them and using mm -hmm. the AI of it all. So it's like trying to create a real valuable world within the video realm is something that I'm, I'm really focusing on right now. Um, okay. It's not like a no brainer, but I think there's something here and I know, and, and the, like the people who make the videos, like I come from, you know, production, the, mm -hmm. the director and the director of photography and the production designer and the costume designer and, you know, all the people, the editor, the, you know, the special effects people, like they should all have a piece of that and not necessarily in a royalty way, but just in an asset of the video way 
that you know be, becomes an intrinsic value that may eventually have value, sure. financial value. The know? sound designer. The sound designer. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. not a ton of sound design in music video because a lot of times it's just the song. The song know? itself. Yeah, that's yeah. surprising to me actually. I mean, it is a film that you're making, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but mean, a lot. You can, I mean, sound design is a thing. Most people, that's not where they go with it. You, I'm not saying yeah. that they don't, but you on most music videos, the audio track is just the track. And sure. they do the video and then, it, but sometimes you do have a, a voiceover or like you have a thing or like there's, you know, dialogue or, but definitely sound, the sound design, of footsteps or something. I mean, you sometimes, know, yeah, sometimes, coming from yeah. one yeah. side or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But I it, mean, that, yes. The answer is yes. Every, everyone who works on it, craft service, yeah. PAs, sure. Sure. everyone, everyone who's, you know, like they're all an important part of the actual finished product. They might not do specific things like the gaffer or the grip do certain things and, you know, sure. But everyone should have a piece that they, they get their day rate and they can get a, a token or an asset from the video that now there's like, you know, that there's proof that the and it's proof also, you know, there's a yeah a really um, great little company called POAP, which is a, stands for Proof of Attendance Protocol. Okay. And you can look it up. It's really easy. To, it's a free app and you can download it. But like it kind of keeps track of where you go and what you do. And like that's like you should it's almost like a, a digital receipt. You know, okay. yep. Um, and so there's, you know, like you can get that for just being on the video, and like there's there, it's not, you know, it's not an expensive thing right now. Again, mm-hmm. it's just the where do you keep these things and what do you do with them? And, and sure, it's yeah. we're just not there yet. It's if you're super savvy, it's easy, but. I know that we're all dealing with a lot these days, so I really wanted to acknowledge those that have gone out of their way to leave an honest review of this podcast. Like Mary, who writes, Interesting how audio and sound makes a big difference in marketing and branding. Thanks for sharing a lot of valuable information. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Mary. I'm really glad you're finding the podcast useful. And for those of you that are interested, you can also leave a voice review now off of the main podcast page. It's super simple, and I'd love to hear what you think. Now, back to the show. So is that like the, the most challenging part of this mission of yours that That's we're it. just not there yet? <laughs> and explaining okay. it to people yeah. and, you know, using the terms. I, I've really tried to veer away from, you know, tokens, NFTs, web chain or blockchain, web three. You know, people, they just hear it and they start to think scam or there's a thing. And so I'm trying to make it more like digital scrapbooks and clips from videos and, you know, stems, you know. Because there's a whole other world that's I feel that's out there, which is you know creating a really simple connection to the blockchain in your DAW, your digital audio workspace, so that anyone who's sure. you know any producer who's creating music can take their stems and make each stem a, a token, and then those tokens can come together, and so you can have a John Bonham kick drum and a Jimi Hendrix guitar thing and a you know whatever you know a Keith sure. Emerson keyboard riff and th- but those estates can start having thing and then they can get co-writer credit and those things can come together and create what is known as dynamic NFTs and those in and of itself will have built-in smart contracts where you get a piece of the com- the composition and if that song gets used it, then the royalties will get paid automatically you know so it's it's yeah. all starting to happen it's just everyone's scared of it and it's still a little complicated and there are no rules and and the 
the the powers that be are not interested in this at all. Like, they oh, of course not, not because right now it benefits them to keep it the way it is, right? I mean, they're making millions and millions of dollars. Why they would are they hundreds want to go of millions away? of dollars? You know, like yeah, they're still, they're still and you know, like what do you see in the news all the time? Like, oh, you know, this artist sold their catalog for this much money. It's like. They're taking the money up front at this point. They're like, fine, just give me $300 million, you know, just yeah. give me $500 million. And then, but ultimately, what does that mean? You know, like those artists, like you're going to like every pharmaceutical company and every, you know, cereal company is going to start using their songs, which to me, that wasn't why they wrote those songs. If they can no, make $200 million and not, and I'm, sometimes it can be good, but it shouldn't be the whole reason that you created everything. So it's ultimately sell your catalog so that, you know. Well, Mentos someone is still, thing, you know? yeah, exactly. But someone is still making money on using those pieces of music. It may not be the just, artist I'm anymore. Not... <laughs> well, so yeah, there's obviously there's a complicated business of sync and what yeah. that is. And most artists, it's be, it just becomes a publishing play, which is why they're yes. buying their publishing, right? So, you know, like Ozempic, like there was a, that was a band called Magic or Pilot, I think, right? A band called Pilot from the UK that did that song called Magic. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, oh. Oh, it's yeah. magic, right? Yeah. And it was a great song. I have that. It's a sounds I love great that song. song. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. But they sold it to Ozempic. So they recreated it, right? They got the rights to use it and recreated it. And it sounds almost exactly like it. They've redone it. Like I hear Stevie yeah. Wonder songs and, and you can tell when someone's got a lot of money. I remember, I think it was last year, Google did a campaign and they had St the original Stevie Wonder version of, of We Can Work It Out, which is like, yeah. you know, so now you're paying... Stevie Wonder for a master license to do that mm -hmm. song. And you're paying McCartney and Lennon for the writing of the song. So I'm guessing that was a solid seven figure thing. But when you're That's... Google, you're like, yeah, we'll pay $8 million. We don't care. You wow. know? Wow. See, this is where I see big companies making a huge mistake. Every time I see this and all the conversations I've had on this podcast alone <laughs> lead me to believe that you need to own your audio assets. You need to own them. That's that it. way, no one else can do the same thing that you do. And it's synonymous with your company. Why would you want to buy a song that already has to do with something else? And then so, try and relate it. I don't, I'll explain to you why. They're trying, they're trying to tap into the familiarity so that oh, totally. you're, you know, so yeah, that when I you're watching that, you're that. like, yeah. oh, I love Stevie Wonder and I yeah. love the Beatles. And, you know, like, so I know what it was, but, you know, maybe younger kids are like, I, this isn't, what is it? You know, Shazam this, what is it? You know, yeah, so that, yeah. that's what they're just trying to get you to engage with the brand, you know. And I totally get that. And I understand that they're riding the coattails of the the wonder that is that song, which I, I love and I, a lot of people love. The problem becomes that if anyone has enough money, they can use the same song. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, and they so, do. I see it. I'm it, like, wait, what does is this that do to your brand? branding? But you're, you're not you're not unique anymore correct who's going to remember you in audio format when you're using the same song <laughs> or when people are like oh you know that song and it was in this commercial it's like no it was in this course and they google yeah. it and it's in both commercials and then they're yeah. like oh wow that's cheap you know like At, like the cheapo way to do this is from the music licensing uh, directories right like you you'll see large companies do this all the time they'll take the same license free music from a directory and use it for three different brands and you know, three different types of completely different companies. And, and no one can, 
like you can remember the song, sure, because songs, they spark our memory, but yeah. you're not going to remember who the advertiser was because that isn't their brand. It's well, not theirs. Well, it's funny because <laughs> in the 50s and 60s, brands really had songs written for them and it was a very important important part like you know plot plot they fizz totally fizz did. or yeah, you know, like, jingles. Yeah, jingles jing were all awesome. the jingles were a real yeah. thing you know or like and yeah. even local thing like call 1-800 you know 225 you know they and then it kind of went away for a couple decades and now it's like everyone has an audio brand everyone has an audio tick everyone has every brand has like a I wish they know, did Randy I really wish they, they did almost it's everyone still... does you know like every, well certainly every insurance company was you know like yeah. the neighbor state farm is there yes. liberty yeah. liberty live everyone's got their yeah. thing you know like dun 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 sure. intel has their like everyone knows that a tag is really important an audio tag is important so they're yeah. all trying to do that, you know? Yes. The um, brand is much bigger than that, though, right? Oh, if you've, I mean, absolutely. you know, I absolutely. know you know. Yeah. But, no. but yeah, so when you're talking about creating a, a, a fully functional audio brand, you're not just talking about a sonic logo, which is great. It's great to have that. But when you have a full audio brand, you have songs that you can use on all your advertising. You have a tune. You have everything that you can put together. Think of McDonald's, right? I mean, when they, when they, first made that song and i mean this is really early days as far as like you know sonic branding and audio branding is concerned but justin timberlake was the one who had that song right I'm and then it. that song yeah so that song kind of like was sort of you know like boiled down to its sonic components and then has become everything that mcdonald's is doing now yep. but all they're doing is using those same five notes and putting them into every audio piece that they use, right? Whether it's hip hop or pop or rock or whatever they're doing with the music, all they ha everything has those five notes, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that's how an audio brand kind of sprouts into being, really. You know, it 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 becomes the all encompassing thing that represents your company, and then you can use it across many different avenues depending on what your company does. And you don't have to pay a music licensing directory, or if you're going to pay a musician, you're going to pay them to write something using those five notes. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it becomes much less about using the popularity of a particular song to try and bleed it off into your company yeah. and and more about creating something that's unique to you so that everyone knows oh that's who made that yeah and and I, like i would say like every brand is a brand and they have certain you know guidelines that they have to go by i for me like every artist needs to think of themselves as a brand and yes. what's your what are your what are your compliances what are your things what are your what are you, what makes you yeah. that's why i say make figure out your bot Figure out what your syncopation is. Sure. Figure out where your chord structures are. Figure out what your melodies are and own those so that you can you have people pay for to use your bot and yes. you can get co-writing credit with that, you know, as you should. Like when you co-write a song, you know. And listen, there's a whole thing with songwriting in general. And, you know, like the, the I'm sure you've heard the term, you know, change a word, get a third. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. you want to Many try and people um, on the same thing that yeah, maybe have nothing you know, to do with like, it. Yeah. yeah like, you know, like you see the songwriting credits, there's 37 people. You're like, oh, yeah, and that's just, that's just, I understand they're trying to help people out, but it's, 
you know, who's keeping track of that. And that's what I'm saying. It just becomes so complicated, you know, sure. who owns yeah. what and how do they get it and who's doing that. And like, you want to avoid that and make it really direct between you and the, the fan, but also yeah. create your brand and keep within those guidelines of what your brand is. And brands do a pretty good job of that today. They, they do. They, but again, like they would step over a dollar to pick up a dime, you know, yes. when it comes to yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how music I gets know. a short shrift all it the time. Does, always. Yeah. And but again, I, I not, love yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that we're talking about musicians and music and bands as having their own audio brand. I kinda I, I really love That's that it. idea. They they are. And they <laughs> yeah. should. They sh- absolutely they should. They definitely you know? should. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so, we're gonna uh, start to see a little bit of a separation in generations <laughs> where like some of the older bands are gonna fight it and they do a thing and they want to sort and listen, if you're you two or coldplay, like you, you don't look at the business as broken. Like you oh, can no. make money. You two can it's go out and tour stadiums whenever they want. You know, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. they can put together, they can make a record and do a tour and da, 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 and it might not be perfect and they might not be the hippest thing in the world, but they can certainly generate income, you know? Yes. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio-branding-strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website, and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that, too. Now, back to the podcast. But how much more could they do if they were the ones to demonstrate how what you were talking about works? Everything. That would be everything. You know, I'm trying to talk to those kind of people. You know, I am. Yeah. But I see the resistance, you know. But imagine, imagine being a fanatic of Coldplay and getting a whatever, a, 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 a token. We'll just call it a token because we're mm-hmm. talking here. Sure. And that token allows you to play with the band at the show when you're there and, you know, but you have to have that token. So people are like, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm, I'm able to control the lights. I'm doing the lights parts or whatever. You know, I'm part of a collective and we're all doing the blah, blah, blah. We're doing this or we got yeah. a counter melody. And but it's built into an AI. So it knows that like this counter melody is working with C and G and it's a thing. And so like the band can play with it no matter what the audience does. You know, it's like a magic trick, like magic tricks are like it's already at, you're you're at the beginning of a magic trick you're already at the end you know yes, and then when it yeah. all happens like how oh my god it's in, it's in his wallet it's like it's been they in the wallet the whole from time the minute so it started yeah yes. like you can send that guy on a three-year trip and he can come back and it'll still be in his wallet you know like, yeah yeah so like that's the thing like the band can easily engage with that because it's not going to change anything for them they can play their song and do their thing but but sure. the fan experience is like it's worth everything to me. Like I went to the show, you know, but those, you need that level to do it and show. And then it becomes much easier to do. It's just getting people to do that. They're like, Oh, I don't know. It just seems so complicated. I don't want to. Yeah. How much money is it going to cost? You know, like even if you say $50,000, of course, they have the money to hire someone else to handle it for them. I mean, why wouldn't they do this? I'm trying. I'm trying. I think it's so, 
It's so there. And then the, the thing is like, you'll see it'll start to happen on a smaller thing and then they'll want yeah. it and it'll cost them four times as much because they yeah. won't be able to do it as easily. And they'll have to, you know, like they've already set up the things. It's just, again, it's just, you know, the gatekeepers on, are not thrilled with the idea. So like, I need to find the right. I'm, I'm working. I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I, be, I believe in it. I really believe. I it. love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So if Coldplay wanted to reach out to you and find out how to do this, how would they do that? Just my name, Randy Sawson at gmail.com. I like, keep it simple. You know, like I'm, okay. for, my, for this purpose, I'm, I'm just trying to do it really. So I direct, I go direct to people and that's my personal okay. email. So rather because I'm working at companies and I have things and then and I like to keep those as what they are and the experiential stuff I do. And but for me, just my name. I don't know if it's spelled in the thing, but you can put my name. Uh, yeah. It's S-O-S-O-S-I-N. Correct. Yeah. So it's pronounced Sausin, but Correct. it's S-O-S-I-N. Exactly. Yes. So the people are aware. Yep. yep. <laughs> OK. It's my grandpa's name. Yeah. He came from you yeah. know, Russia. It was funny. I did a video for a band called Tattoo, who was in, and ended up okay. going to Moscow. You know, twenty years ago, it was like almost twenty years ago, and um, it was still difficult then. But I, I remember you had to get a visa, and you could only be there for a certain amount of days, and they let you in. Uh, and I remember going, getting, landing at the airport, and putting my passport. And the guy was like, he pronounced it Shushin. He goes Shushin. It's Russian, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. I grew up in you know, Michigan. I'm from the United States. Yeah. He's like, Russian, Russian, it's a Russian name. You know, I'm like, okay, you know. Okay. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You're there, you'll take it. <laughs> Just don't arrest me. Just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny that we, like, I did a, a job in uh, at the World Cup, you know, and people were talking, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm like, you're going to a monarchy. Like, don't like if they don't want you to leave, you won't leave. Yeah. And there's nothing yeah. the government can do. Like, be just be smart. You know. Yes. Yeah. Keep your don't head down. Do anything say, stupid. Hey, yes. And you'll and, come home. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I, I went. I yeah. worked. I had fun. Yeah. Saw yeah. that. Saw them play soccer and came home. You know. Exactly. There you go. Yes, yeah. that's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Jody. For thank this, you so Randy. much for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope it was good. Like, yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yes. And I look forward to letting musicians hear Please. what you have to. Say about this because I think it's please, really. I'm here. Really I'm here to help. I want to help. I'm happy. Like, I'm right now. I can help you. As I have time, so yeah. Okay. Get at Good it, to please. know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Jody. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. <laughs>